This is a MacKillop Farm Management Group podcast. We acknowledge and respect the traditional owners of the ancestral lands, Potterwich to the north, Jawajali to the east, Bowendick to the south and Meetung to the west of the Limestone Coast region. We acknowledge Elders past and present and we respect the deep feelings of attachment and relationship of Aboriginal peoples to country. Welcome to The Prosperous Farmer, a podcast telling the stories of farmers in the Limestone Coast and Western Victoria. I'm your host, Meg Bell, and today I'm here with Mount Benson farmer Michael Kobiak and livestock consultant Elkie Hocking. Michael returned to the farm in 2010 after some years away working in cattle and pasture research in the Northern Territory. Michael's a graduate of Roseworthy and has spent time in the US and Sweden on ag exchange programs. He's also spent some time as an assistant manager at an oyster farm in Coffin Bay. Elkie farms with her husband Peter at Comara and her parents on Kangaroo Island and the Flurio Peninsula. Elkie's been in the livestock industry since 1994 and most of her career has focused on running producer group training and extension in amongst time spent with the Beef CRC and completing a Master's in Ag Science specialising in beef flavour. Michael, tell us a bit about how you first got into farming. I'm one of the lucky people who was born into it. Uh, That seems to be the way that a large number of us start. My family had a um, sheep and cattle property at Reddy Creek near Kingston and uh, that's the property, one of the properties I operate now. So tell us a little bit about your farming business. So I run uh, about 1,100 hectares of all grazing country. Uh, I'm now a self-replacing Angus breeder. Uh, so I have a single enterprise uh, looking at turning off animals into the feedlot market at, um, in the high 400 kilos. Can you tell us a bit about your story, how you got to where you are now? Where did you start from? You've had quite a few jobs, as we heard earlier, between then and now so what's brought you to this point i had a career away doing other things that the farm was such that it was a one owner operator and that of course was my dad uh, as thing, as time went by and he was sort of looking for a bit of assistance a opportunity came up so i returned home to the farm and then um, we sort of just transitioned as dad sort of retired and i um, took the business over then oh, i had the great benefit of joining a benchmarking group uh, that opened my eyes to many many things and that uh, led to a transformation from a sort of traditional multi-enterprise small owner-operated business to a sort of fairly focused single enterprise business that it is today. Can you expand a bit more on that for us? What what was it about that benchmarking that you did that made you decide to go down that track of beef production? When I returned uh, after a lot of years away I realised I didn't know all of the current practices for farming in this area so I started going to uh, workshops and field days and I uh, learnt fairly quickly that the sort of operation that I had come home to was not one that had a bright future. It was a a lot of enterprises that weren't very big, we had sort of probably a bit more, we had um, capital infrastructure that was starting to decline so desire to make a real go of it business wise led me to just really pursuing objective measures of how to make my business better and um, that leads me to benchmarking and benchmarking process has just allowed me to uh, really have confidence to uh, expand the business in the way that I wanted it to go. So the numbers are in your favour? They have come in my Um, favour. Benchmarking for me was a process to try and get to do what I really wanted to do and see if I could do it as well as I can Uh, and the numbers certainly assist in that. Making more is better than making less. That sounds like a really 
logical decision-making process. Oh, it's a bit messier than that in reality, but um, yeah, that's where we've ended up today. You've had a fair bit of help, I think, along the way um, from Elkie Hocking. So mm, Elkie's been managing your benchmarking group um, along the way. Elkie, as a livestock consultant, you've been also been working with our Limestone Coast Beef Producer Group to build farmers' capabilities with man- maximising heifer reproductive performance. Tell us a bit about what that group's been focusing on and what you think the benefits have been so far. It's a really exciting project, Meg. It really came out of a lack of beef extension in the region. We started with a survey of beef producers and it really sort of showed there was there was lots of issues that they wanted addressed. And I was also a lifetime ewe deliverer at the time and I kept having producers saying, oh, this lifetime ewe stuff, you know, is, is great. You know, is there anything like that for beef? Out of all of that, we put an application together and so it's an MLA and MLA donor company and producer contribution sort of projects. And it's been running since December 2020. We've got 19 beef producers in in the group, which is fantastic. And the really exciting thing is that we've got a range of of production systems in the group. I think we've got a range of calving from February through to August. So at every meeting, we're able to see different systems uh, in, in the group. One of the main focuses is to look at the, I guess, the effects of meeting or not meeting um, animal requirements and targets for body condition score, similar to the measuring and monitoring in Lifetime U. And so the group's actually following a monitor mob from weaning through to their second calving. So heifer calving, which will be this year, and through to second calving uh, next year. So looking at all the measuring and monitoring um, of, the, of those and, and meeting target requirements. But along the way, one of the main benefits that keeps coming out from the from the producer's sort of feedback is we have access to technical experts, animal health consultants and facilitators presenting on all sorts of topics. They love the peer-to-peer learning and just really learning from other producers. One of the last sessions, actually, we went to Michael's place. He was with the host property and the producers loved hearing about the benchmarking because a lot of them haven't sort of been, been in that sort of system. And then we might go to someone else's place and hear about animal health and just the pros and cons of, you know, how people are doing things differently. We've visited about six host farms so far through the project. The range of topics have included everything from genetics, reproductive and metabolic diseases, worms, calving issues. There's lots of sort of hands-on. We've got um, access to a vet, so he's taken us through, you know, calving issues, you know, what to look for, calf postmortems, um, prevention of calf scours, all of those sorts of things. So as well as all the reproductive and metabolic sort of conditions, we're sort of getting a whole host of other, other topics as well. From your point of view, what do you think the benefits have been? You've mentioned a couple from the group members being involved so far. Do you think that there are benefits that have have come out of the project that you weren't expecting? It's early days in terms of the actual data collection of following the monitor mob. So we haven't really got lots of results. And I guess initially I was going, oh, we haven't got any results yet. But every session... The, gr- the group I see is sharing more and more about their own businesses and they're getting more and more value from that. The, you know, the unexpected benefit is always just probably what's shared between the producers in those sessions that 
may not actually be to do with the, the particular topic that we're actually working on. It could be something completely different. And, and I think at every session, you know, if, if every producer walks away with just one little bit of information that's new, I'm pretty happy that it's been a good session. Yeah, yeah that's great. I think, as you said before, that peer-to-peer learning is really where we learn the most we we learn a lot from looking over the fence at each other and working out what somebody else is doing that might work on our own farms too don't we absolutely yeah. or may not work or may not or work, may not work. Exactly. and that's, that's just as important probably that you know what what's not working and and rather than having to repeat all the same mistakes that someone else has done that's a really valuable um sharing experience Michael, we've already touched on the fact that you're actually a member of the Beef Producer Group. How do you think it's benefited your business personally so far? As Elkie had been describing before, the sessions that we get together and have access to um, you know, really good expert technical opinion has just been fabulous because they're usually a presentation and a pretty free-flowing question and answer session and we all wander around um, our paddocks and our yards and we have questions that we wonder about at times and uh, the opportunity to address some of those and not just you know over a beer down the pub with your neighbour but over someone who actually you know does this for a living has been really really good and that's one of the the great benefits is being able to have direct access to those people who have got you know a lot of the answers that we need. Are there any strategies or innovations or things that you've changed so far on your farm that you think have helped or that you're hoping will have helped your reproductive or your health management of your heifers? Yeah, one of the presentations uh, I saw when this group started, the vets, Sean McGrath and I, quickly identified that he had a lot of knowledge and skills that I needed so I've been working with him to develop a overall a total herd uh, animal health program a coordinated one which works in with my production system as well as my sort of physical when I'm handling animals so we're trying to get as many uh, treatments in at strategic times with the least amount of times that the animals have got to go through the yards etc so uh, that's still a work in progress but that's been probably the most significant thing to come out of the project for me so far would be that really well coordinated animal health program because that really underpins uh, reproductive uh, health just about that's it's the first thing to do. Do you think being involved with the group has helped you make more robust decisions on your farm? Oh, certainly. The confidence that you get from being in a group of sort of like-minded, intrigued people asking similar questions to yourself is great because some of them will have been doing it for many years and can uh, either say, look, maybe there's there's some risk, but just go for it. Uh, So I think uh, we've alluded to the peer-to-peer learning before and um, as one of those peers, I find the the property visits, the the look at people's uh, production systems and their um, they give us insights to their business, they're just uh, invaluable from a, a producer like me just to be able to learn from other people with skin in the game. That's good. Good to hear. Elkie, what's next for the Limestone Coast Beef Producer Group? Yeah, well, as, as I mentioned, we're still sort of early in the in the process, so we'll continue to measure and monitor and collect sort of data, which includes body condition score, live weights, um, nutrition, that sort of thing. So basically we'll continue to take those measurements and have that framework for continuing to be able to provide information and technical experts as we need like as the topics so basically all the topics are selected by the producers one of the the future things that's and and one of the things that's starting to come out 
whilst we're sort of doing all the technical stuff, is there's the aim of trying to achieve high heifer reproduction uh, rates. And some of the questions that's starting to flow from the group is, does that actually translate into a more profitable business? And so we are linked to the Adelaide University project, and we, and I'm hoping that we can actually they're actually going to do a little bit of modelling, and develop a sort of an economic sort of tool that producers can potentially plug in their figures from their own business, um, and we can start to sort of yeah at least see get some of those more, more profitability answers. It's like okay, just because you've got high conception rates, is that going to translate into um, you know, into it's obviously best practice, but you know, it doesn't translate into the into better dollars. You mentioned the Adelaide Uni project. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Basically, the Adelaide University project is doing a similar sort of thing. They're actually measuring the reproductive performance on a number of farms across Australia. When we set up this project, we wanted to look at the results of, of that project and the the, thing, the targets that they were achieving or saying that you needed to get optimum reproductive rates, that was one of the things that we're trying to model back on producer farms. Um, the best practice um, from research, apply it on farm and then see what results you get. A couple of sessions um, talking a little bit about that, but again, it's early days with some of those results. So, we, so I guess that's another next step is that this year I would hope that we, um, we'll get some Adelaide University um, researchers to speak to the group as well and with their latest results. Michael, I'm interested to hear a bit more about your background, where you are on your farm at the at the moment. How much time have you got? Yeah, a bit. Okay. So you left uni and then what happened after that? Where did you go? What did you do? I went through Roseworthy and then um, I escaped to the Northern Territory and just, um, you know, the you know, go north young man. And so off, off I went and spent a bit of time there just really having a good time, basically. Um, there was no career advancement involved there at all. Couldn't sort of leave yet-to-be-developed career completely alone, so I uh, went um, uh, on a farming exchange program where I um, travelled to the US and lived with a family over there, worked on a, a cropping and beef feedlot uh, farm there, then spent yeah, six months doing that, went to Sweden and uh, lived with another family and worked on a dairy farm there. Uh, then did a bit more travelling before I decided to um, you know, come home and, and spend a bit of time working on the farm. So I spent some time uh, on the home property working with my father about three years or so, but uh, really that was a sort of a work experience type of situation and it was a small property and it wasn't feasible for two labour units in the long term. So I headed off um, back to the Northern Territory to pursue a career and then got a job with the Primary Industries Department in Catherine and worked there as um, in various sort of um, capacities but essentially as a sort of assistant on research projects and then up to um, project manager and that was basically a lot around utilising native pastures for beef cattle production. Uh, So I spent about 10 years there and then moved to uh, Alice Springs and in Alice Springs it was a promotion for me and so I was the program manager for all of the um, research and extension for the Prime Minister's Department in the Alice Springs region. I found that a sort of bit of a challenging job because it was sort of fairly administrative and I was moving away from probably some of the skills that I really wanted to develop more. So I chose to leave that position and I went back to university and completed a PhD. Uh, it was a way of sort of tidying up some of the work that I'd done in the past and it also gave me a really 
objective way of thinking and that's one of the skills that I have been has been really valuable to me since that time uh, so I did my PhD but that really fried my brain so uh, I needed to do something very different <laughs> after that because uh, I was sort of you know 40 years old by this stage and um, and had you know, one career behind me but was looking to launch elsewhere so I my had met my partner at this stage and um, uh, she got a job as the ranger in Coffin Bay so I said look I'll go there too and the work available was oyster farming so I got a job on an oyster farm there and the, um, the owner sort of uh, quickly worked out that he, I wasn't. I, I was okay with some responsibility, so he put me through my coxswain's course to drive a boat and uh, made me the assistant manager. So I drove a boat for four years with a crew of three people, and uh, away we went um, out into the bay every morning, collecting um, well, to our oyster racks and collecting oysters and doing that. And that was just a wonderful off-site experience for me. Uh, it was I couldn't help but draw some parallels between oyster farming and livestock production on land because we had good areas, of, like good parts of the bay, like good paddocks and poor paddocks where you could go, okay, this they just grow there but they won't get fat but we put them over in this area and they'll put on uh, weight before we sell them. And uh, So there's a few of those sort of things. Just a wonderful experience. But uh, again, I was getting... It was pretty hard work um, and the time had come when uh, my son was born that... Uh, it was time for a life change. Uh, my dad was getting older, so that was the 2010 return to the farm. Yeah, from then on, with the, the sort of uh, research training, um, that was probably what sort of made me seek out as much objective information as I can because that's what my training had been and I just understood the value of chasing out, um, you yeah, know, really chase the experts because they know stuff and they can just save you a lot of heartache. So I've been very much trying to pursue things from a, an objective measure since that time. Thanks for sharing that story with us. That's so interesting to hear about your life. We've talked a bit about the past, um, how you've got to where you are, what you're doing at the moment. Mm. What's next for you? Where Where are you heading? Well, what I want to do uh, in uh, is to really make my business a, a really efficient uh, beef breeding business that can uh, and you know, efficient in both a uh, productivity terms in terms of the num- amount of kilos produced per hectare and per animal and and a lot of those measures, but also uh, labour efficient. As my sort of you know retirement gets sort of closer rather than further away, I have to look at the realities of um, my abilities, and so therefore just having a really easy to operate, yeah, efficient business is what I'm after and. Having a coordinated management system uh, is the best way to do that because it's the least amount of work. Do the right thing at the right time and you get the right result and it's a heap less work than the other alternatives. Because I've tried them all uh, and you know, doing it wrong somewhere along the line just isn't fun. Elkie, tell us what's so special about Michael. Why do you like working with him? Meg, I love having Michael in, in my groups because, well, one, the producers actually, they love listening to him and they realise that he, you know, he is doing some, making, like, kicking a lot of goals in his business, so they want to take him aside at, at morning and afternoon tea and pick his brains a little bit more. And, and I guess that just stimulates them to go, oh, well, if he can do it, well, maybe I need to go on, go on up, you know, upskill in, in certain areas and, and, and maybe dig a little bit deeper on the figures and things like that. So it just stimulates, you know, having, having you know, leading producers in, in, in all of my groups just takes everyone else up that, that extra notch. Michael and Elkie, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us today. 
Today's episode was made possible by funding from Meat and Livestock Australia and the MLA Donor Company as part of their producer demonstration site program. We thank all of the producers in the Limestone Coast Beef Producer Group and their contributions which helped to make this project possible. Thanks for listening to The Prosperous Farmer, a McKillop Farm Management Group production. You can rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at McKillop Group or check out our website at mckillopgroup.com.au. Thanks for listening and see you next time.